Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. We're going to continue with uh, our series that we started last week, and this is The God Who Restores. How many are thankful that we have a God who restores, who doesn't just leave you in the crumpled condition you may be in, or what 2020 and the beginning of 2021 may have done to you? How many know that it's been probably a, a really tough last 18 months, so forth, for everybody? It's been a challenge. In fact, I would dare say that most of you have faced challenges that you've never faced before in your life. That you've gone through things that you never would have dreamed of. And I could ask anybody in here, whether you're 25 years old or whether you're 85 years old, those that are watching online as well, and you would all tell me the same thing, because I've been told that. They've never faced situations like we have faced. But praise God, we serve a God who restores. Amen? Amen. He restores unto you greater than what you had before. Remember that. Greater than what you had before. Today I'm going to continue to speak on that restoration of what God wants to do for each of you. Thank you so much for that water. Um, I want to invite you to turn to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Verse 33, I'm going to be reading from two uh, verses today, uh, John 16, and then also, if you can hold that place, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and verse 18. If you don't have those, these scriptures will be up on the screen for you. I'm going to start with John chapter 16 and verse 33, and this is out of the Amplified Version. I love how it brings it out here so clearly. Jesus said, I have told you these things. So that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. I think I just described 2020 right there in a nutshell. But, everybody say but. but. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. And if you turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, again in the Amplified Version, starting in verse 18, prophet Isaiah says this, Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Amen. Amen. There's so much there to unpack in those scriptures right there. The word of God would remind you and I that he's never going to leave you in a situation where you might be facing distress. How many know that? How many have experienced his loving touch of a savior that cares for you, that doesn't just leave you in a situation, but he carries you? Yeah. And how many can relate to that in the poem, The Footprints? Footprints declares that great example. He doesn't allow you to walk by yourself during that trial that you may be going through. He picks you up. Just like a loving parent would to their child. Picks them up and carries them. That's how much our God loves you. Now, let me digress here and go and share with you a little story I 
from this past week. For the past two weeks, I've had a tremendous pain in my mouth. How many don't like going to the dentist like me right here? Raise your hand. That should be all of us. I don't know anybody that would raise their hand and say, I love going to the dentist. I've never heard that. That's one thing you'll never ever hear from somebody. Unless it's the dentist uh, workers. Okay. But for the past two weeks, I had this tremendous pain. And it was, it was a, a, a crack in my tooth. I went in. They put in a, a crown. And that pain just, it got worse. And it was throbbing every day. And I was taking Tylenol. And I, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, I need your help. Because I was going to work every day. And it'd be hard to concentrate. And so they referred me to a specialist on Friday. And I go to this specialist. And I show up there at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, and I answer all the questions. I sit down. They do all these little examinations on my mouth, on my tooth, and they said, yes, it's what we think it was, or is, you need a root canal. And we're prepared to do it right now. <laughs> that was the kicker. It was like, it wasn't bad enough that I needed a root canal. They were ready to do it right now. And of course, I, I wanted the pain to go away, but I knew I had to face pain in order for the pain that I was currently feeling to go away. Have you ever been there where you've had to go through pain to get to a place where the pain goes away? And, and spiritually speaking, God works the same way. We will experience pain in order to receive restoration. None of us can just go through life unscathed, unmarked. All of us will experience pain at some point. Welcome to the club if you haven't already. Welcome to the club. I want to speak to you today on five points on restoration. I, I, I spoke on five points last week of how God restores us. Today I want to speak to you on five different ones, five additional ones. And the first one is restoration of life. Everybody say that with me. Restoration of life. Some of us are still feeling beat up and beat down from this past year, year and a half. And maybe it wasn't because of the craziness that's gone on with, uh, with COVID or politically or racial, whatever. I mean, all that were huge, huge distractions in our life. And, not, and much greater than just, just distractions, they became part of our daily life, whether you like it or not. But I want to remind you today that the Lord wants to come and restore your life and restore new life to you. He doesn't want to leave you there. I'm so glad that the Word of God tells us that, that Jesus came to give us life. Amen? In fact, if, if you turn to the book of John, I'm going to have these scriptures up here for you. But John chapter 14 and verse 6, all of you know this scripture or have heard this scripture before. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. See, we can experience what we call life, but there's only one life, and that's truly found in Jesus. Uh, I just can't help myself, but I have to utter the, this famous line from Tombstone, one of my favorite movies. And Doc Holliday is telling uh, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp says, all he wanted was a good life. And Doc Holliday just says, there's only life. 
There's no such thing as just a good life. There's only life. That's a reminder to all of us. There's only life. What you make out of it, it determines your path. But more importantly, are you choosing life with Christ? Are you connecting with Christ? Because that's the only life to have. Amen? Whether you have tribulation, goodness, good times, bad times, when you're in Christ, He will help you. Amen? He will guide you. Amen? Let me, let me read another scripture to you found in John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Again, he says that. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Again, suggesting that we will all live. We go on to live even though our body dies. Our body will die at some point. Unless he comes, the, the Bible talks about this rapture, that we will be raptured up into heaven, amen? But again, he is the life. Jesus is a life that can restore. He can restore your life today. No matter what the enemy's done this past year, no matter what's come your way, he can restore you and bring you back to restoration in him. Amen. amen. You know, last week I mentioned this word yoked, and I talked about a yoke that was a wooden harness that was put on cattle to be able to plow a field and they were yoked together. And I mentioned how this past year, how some of us may have gotten out of the habit of attending church or maybe reading the Word of God and we got yoked with stuff that is not important, like what's going on politically, what's going on in our world, and the news, which is all depressing. How many would agree with me? It's all depressing out there. And we got yoked with that. We got yoked with the latest conspiracy. You know, the lunar landing never took place, and on and on and on. I don't want to go there, but we got yoked with that business instead of being yoked with Jesus Christ. We need to be yoked with Jesus Christ. He is the life. He is the one that brings you life. You see, the Lord intimately shares this gift of life with each of you, each of you, his children, his daughters, his sons that he loves so much. Having created us in his image, which gives us the right to know eternal life. Amen. How many are thankful for eternal life today? Woo! Amen. Yes, thank God. Amen. He wants us to know his life. The very life of God himself. Think about that. Life in Christ. Restoration of life is knowing God himself. Yes. Restoration of life only comes when we acknowledge the creator. If we only come on Sundays to worship him, but Monday through Saturday, we have no thought of God. It doesn't work that way. Every day has to be an acknowledgement of who he is, his position of authority, yes. of a holy God that we serve, yes. a mighty God that we yes. serve. Without that, you and I are just living. We're just living, but not experiencing life the way our God intended. The second point is restoration of vision. I'm not talking about removing your reading glasses or your contact lenses. I'm talking about how God gave you a vision. He gave you a prophetic vision at one point. He gave you through a dream. He spoke to you through his word. And he said some things to you of promises. And some of us have lost sight of that. Some of us have let go of that promise. 
and are thinking it's never going to happen. I want to remind you today, God is in the business of restoring that vision. Amen? He's going to restore that vision in your life. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The scripture says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Amen. We have to have that prophetic vision. We have to seek him. And it starts, first of all, with having restoration of life. We must be restored spiritually in alignment with him. And then he can give us prophetic vision, amen, amen. into our future, into the hope he has for each of us. This past year, as I mentioned, it may have possibly clouded your ability to see what God has in store for you or, or removed it from, from your heart and your spirit. God placed it there. Don't allow the enemy to steal that. If he gave you a vision, if he gave you a, a hope for the future, don't allow the enemy to steal that from your life. Amen? Vision is the ability to see by faith what God has for you. Vision is the ability to see by faith what God has for you. Every one of you are uniquely created. He knits you in your mother's womb, the scripture says, and he has a prophetic vision for each of you. Amen, Gregory. I see that. Amen. Let him come today and restore that vision. Let him come and begin to restore that vision. May we be able to see beyond our current situation and look towards Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to refill me with that vision. Yes. Rebirth that yes. vision in me again so that I can become restored. Amen? Yes. The Bible says again in another scripture, which I don't have up here, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. It may look dreary. It may look... Um, Un unbelievable, impossible. But I want to tell you again, God is a God of restoration. Yes. God is a God of restoration, amen, and he's bringing restoration of vision to you and to your life. The third thing is restoration of hope. Where would we be without hope? You've all heard the term, hope springs eternal, amen? Hope springs eternal. I love this about baseball. Uh, and I always bring my baseball analogies with me on, on sermons. But at the beginning of baseball season, everybody has hope. Because they're all zero and zero, meaning no wins, no losses. You're all on even ground. You're all starting off on the same playing field. It's hope. Everybody has hope. And this past year, some of that hope may have died again. Hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation of positive outcomes. It's based on past. Let me say that again. Hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation of positive outcomes. The Word of God speaks about three virtues. Hope, faith, and love. How many know that? Hope, faith, and love in 1 Corinthians Hope in the Bible means a strong and confident expectation of a future reward. Let me ask you today, do you have that confidence today? Do you have that strong and confident expectation for God 
to come into your life and answer whatever it is that you're asking them right now? Yes, Jesus. Are you hoping? Yes. Or are you just saying, it could never happen to me. Woe is me. I get all, all the bad things always happen to me. You know, life is just terrible. My dog ran away. And on and on and on. No, God forbid. Let me remind you of this scripture, this great scripture found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, talking about the faith uh, scripture, faith verse here. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Again, what kind of hope are you hoping for today? What kind of faith do you have? See, those two are tied together. Hope and faith, hope and faith. They work together. Without hope, you can't have faith. Without faith, you can't have hope. It's as simple as that. The Apostle Paul argued that, that hope was a source of salvation for believers, for you and I. For in hope we have been saved. We've been saved from going to hell. We've been saved to have an eternal life with Jesus Christ. If we hope for what we don't see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Hope is the greatest weapon you can have as a Christian, right next to faith. Faith and hope. Faith and hope go together. Amen. Let me just add this. According to the Holman Bible Dictionary, hope is a trustful expectation, the anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. A trustful expectation. We have to trust sometimes, don't we? Yes. We have to trust when we go into the dentist's offices. They're making the right call at that moment. Say, I trust you, Lord. Uh, I didn't come here for this pain today, but I trust you, Lord. This pain's going to go away, and hallelujah, it's gone away. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But I'm not eating steak. I know. I'm going to give myself a few weeks. If your hope is in the world, it's a, if it's in this economy, if it's in your bank account, if it's in your retirement plan, your hope will be crushed at some point. Our world is doing this right now. It's constantly up and down. Everywhere you look, it's, it, there's nothing stable about our current world economically. Not just the United States, everywhere across the world. But I want to remind you today, when your hope is found in God, then you will find restoration in every, every area of your life, including your, your bank account, including your, your job, including your personal life. God is wanting to restore all that to you. Amen? Amen? The Lord wants your hope to be restored today. Believe Him today for the restoration of your hope. We've got to have hope. People, we've got to have hope. Which leads me to our fourth point, which is restoration of confidence. How many would say they're, just, they're confident? You go into a meeting and you're confident. You go into some place and you're confident. And I know some of you, it, it, just, it just bounces right off of you. And, and some of you are more reserved, and that's fine. But confidence in the past year and a half has been undermined, eroded. Because we put our trust in other areas 
that we've seen be defeated over and over. The past year, some of us, because we've been so wrapped up in the news, we've been yoked together with the wrong things. We've seen our confidence eroded. We've seen our confidence dip away. But the Lord again wants to come and restore your confidence today. Who is a child of God here today? Who can stand here and say, I'm a child of the King with confidence, yeah. with boldness, amen? What have you to fear? Amen. You're a child of the King. Yes. Child of God. That's all the confidence you need right there. To know that. Walk in that. Amen? Amen. If you're lacking that, if you feel that you're lacking that, give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need that confidence. I need to have that assurance. Give that to Him because He wants to remind you every day, not only that He loves you, but that you're His child. And that confidence will build you up. Amen? Psalms chapter 71. I have a couple of scriptures here for you. Psalm chapter 71 and verse 5. The Bible says, For you have been my hope. It's not your wealth. It's not your 401k. It's not your nice interest rate that you got when you refinanced in the last year and a half. It's none of that. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. I know Anna can say that. As a teenager, she found the Lord at the age of 15. And since she's been a teenager, she has found her confidence in the Lord. It hasn't been in anybody else, but it's been in the Lord. Amen? And that's been a great example to my daughters and to me. Amen? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 says the following. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Say that with me. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me when we serve a God Almighty? Amen. Amen. I, I, I've often used this analogy as well. Sometimes at work, you'll, we can allow certain individuals to ruin our day. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You can allow certain individuals, and I'll go up to them. Because I've had to learn this as well. And I'll say, you're going to allow one person out of seven plus billion people on this planet to ruin your day? You just empowered, you gave them so much more power than they have and that they need. And that, sometimes that's a reality check that you and I need. You need to know that God Almighty is your helper. What can mere mortals do to you? They can't hurt you. They can't touch you. They can't touch this. I won't go. <laughs> Let him come and restore your confidence right now. Allow hope and confidence to rise within your heart and your soul. God wants to restore you to your rightful place. What the enemies tried to steal this past year and a half. God wants to restore it today. He doesn't want you to go another day lacking in that area. Amen. Amen. How many receive that today? Walk with confidence. Walk with boldness. You are his child today. Yes. And our fifth point is restoration of effectiveness and productivity. Restoration of effectiveness. All of you know this, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being productive, right? You all know that. Yeah, too well. Yes, some of us know it better than others. 
We can keep ourselves busy with unrelevant tasks or unimportant tasks and not even accomplish any real work. How many have ever done that? Said, uh, today, you know, Saturday, I'm going to go out, I'm going to clean the house, I'm going to wash the car, I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm, and then you look, it's 3 o'clock and you haven't done nothing. Right? That, but you've been busy, but not doing anything productive. That, that describes a lot of us. Productivity is about accomplishing our important tasks effectively and efficiently. God wants you to, with that confidence, that hope, that faith, He wants you to rise up and work effectively. Why? Because the time is short. There, the time is short in this kingdom of God. He is coming back for His people, for His church, and He doesn't want you to be just hanging out. He wants you to be productive. That means when you're going to Walmart, there's, there's plenty of places to pray for people in Walmart. How many know that? That's a whole Holy Ghost hospital filled with hurting people in that place. Lay hands on them, pray for them. When you go to the laundromat, if you happen to go to the laundromat, if, if you bump into your neighbor rolling out the garbage can, hey, you know what? I just wanted to pray. What's your, how can I pray for you? What's your number one prayer? That they might look at you like, well, that's pretty strange. But yeah, how did you know? I'm, you know, and God has this way of doing this and picking the right person at the right time. Being effective. Being productive. Amen? In closing this afternoon, this is important to remember when it comes to being a productive believer. Again, being busy does not always mean we're being productive in our efforts to serve God. How are you serving God? I would ask you this question today. How are you serving God out, outside the church even? Oh, but I, don't, I, I serve in the church. I'm an usher. I'm a reader. I'm, I, I sing. I, you know, I, I do media. I do this and that. Yeah, but outside of this church, how are you serving God? Amen. What are you doing to serve God Almighty? Yes. Amen? Amen. Again, the Lord wants to come and bring restoration in the area of productivity so that He can see fruit in your life. It's all about bearing fruit. Amen? It's all about sharing God with one another. Yes. Genesis chapter 28, all the way to the beginning. Genesis chapter 28, verse 3 says this, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful. Another scripture found in John chapter 15 and verse 5 where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. Jesus' words are, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot do nothing outside of Jesus Christ. Again, that word I used earlier, yoked. We have to be yoked with him. Don't get so caught up in all that business outside of this world. I mean, we, we could be so scared of everything that's going on that we could never leave our house. Did you know that? We could be shut-ins. Where I live in, in, in Vallejo, there's shootings every night. You know? There, there's shootings everywhere, even here in American Canyon, in Napa. They're everywhere. But you can't live in fear, Amen. Be wise. God gives us wisdom, amen? Be wise. But God wants to bring about fruitfulness in your life. 
Even with all those dangers around us, we can still be fruitful. We can still be fruitful in this kingdom. Amen. Again, God wants to bring restoration of life. He wants to bring restoration of vision, prophetic vision. He wants to bring res restoration of hope to you. And he wants to bring restoration of confidence. And the fifth one, final one, is restoration of effectiveness. To be effective in his kingdom. Won't you stand with me right now as we close? May each of you experience his restoration in every, every area that I just mentioned. Some of you may have connected with one or more of these areas. And I'm praying that God would bring restoration to each of you in those areas. May you know what it means to be effective, fruitful, productive, filled with destiny and purpose in the kingdom of God. Yes. That you could be fruitful. Amen. God has this plan of restoration for you and I. And right now, while you close your eyes, bow your heads with me. I want you to think about each of those points of restoration that I just mentioned. I want you to think of the one that is speaking to you loudest and clearest. Because I believe it's speaking to everyone here today. I want you to know today, God doesn't want you to go another minute without being restored. The enemy has, has done too much, has brought too much harm, has brought too much fear to your life. And God is saying today, he wants to restore you back to the position he had always desired for you all along. And he's declaring today that he has it for you. All you need to do is just receive it. Receive that restoration today. Receive that today. God, we love you. Yes. And we ask right now, Father, that you would pour out restoration upon each of us today. I pray, Lord, for every heart today that's been broken in the last year, God, that you would repair that heart, that you would bring healing, renewing, restoration in the name of Jesus. While I'm praying, if anybody wants to come up for special prayer in any of those areas, I would be glad to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you again. We thank you that you are a God of restoration that God, that you restore, that you take what's been decayed, what's been, what's been damaged, and you make it new again. That you give us a hope for our future. Thank you, Lord. You are such a good God. So those that are watching online, I would just ask you if there's anybody watching and you don't know this God of restoration, but you're wanting to have this relationship with him if you desire to know him as a savior i would just tell you this it's so simple all you need to is invite him in acknowledge what he did on the cross for you the bible says that he sent the father sent his son to die on a cross for you because he loves you he loves you so much he went to the cross to face death because there is an eternity and he wants to spend it with you. And that sacrifice on the cross 
provides redemption for you and I so that we can spend an eternity with him in heaven. And all you got to do is say a simple prayer like this. And just to say this with me for those that may be watching that have never said this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I acknowledge that I have fallen short. And I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Lord, I believe you went to the cross for me and you rose on the third day. I receive you today as my Savior, as my guide. Holy Spirit, lead me today and direct my life from this point on. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you said that prayer, God wants to remind you you're his child and you're going to spend eternity in heaven with him. And with everybody that's also said that prayer, God is restoring each of you today. He's restoring you. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. He's restoring, bringing restoration to each of you. Amen. Receive that today. Amen. Amen. Let's pray the blessing. Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.